Modern monetary theory has burst onto the scene as a new way of approaching macroeconomics. Its key proponents in the United States include Stephanie Kelton, the former economic advisor to Bernie Sanders during his 2016 presidential campaign, Warren Mosler, and Larry Randall Ray. MMT, at its core, is a post-Keynesian theory that seeks to use deficit spending to achieve full employment. The purpose of this episode is not to argue for or against MMT, but rather to explain what it is and what it could mean for investors. To that end, Laura's going to ask me some questions about it. Are you ready, Laura? I'm ready. So what do you have for me? Well, first of all, where did MMT come from? MMT is rooted in an idea called chartalism, which states that money is ultimately a creation of the state and therefore a monopoly of the state. This is somewhat in opposition to the orthodox belief that money evolved on its own in order to formalize commerce that would otherwise be limited to barter and personal indebtedness. This distinction about the origins of money may seem irrelevant, but it's philosophically important. If governments have a monopoly on money because they are the origin of money, then a government's relationship to money is fundamentally different than that of any other entity. In other words, the rules about debt are different for a government than they are for any corporation or an individual household. This becomes important later on when deficits are considered within the MMT framework. What is the goal of MMT? The main goal of MMT is full employment through a jobs guarantee, which is made possible through deficit spending. One of the core positions of MMT is the belief that government deficits are different from household deficits because the government has a monopoly on currency creation. In other words, if a household spends more than it makes, it needs to retire that deficit through increased earnings in later periods. A government, on the other hand, can just print the difference. Economists that disagree with MMT state that while this claim is technically true, using newly created money to fund deficits is inflationary. MMT's supporters respond by saying that governments have been running massive deficits for years and there have been very low consumer price inflation levels in the United States, the Eurozone, and Japan. In any case, some MMT economists state that if, if inflation does get out of hand, increasing taxation could be a way to retire some of the money supply circulating in the economy, thereby putting downward pressure on the price level. It's important to note that this last point on taxation doesn't seem to have universal support within the MMT school of thought. Printing money to cover the deficit eliminates the need for a government bond market. As it stands, when the government runs a deficit, it issues a corresponding number of bonds to cover the difference. In the MMT framework, the bond market is irrelevant. The government would simply print the difference between its income and its expenditures. It would not need to float debt in order to cover the residual. Do you think MMT will ever gain significant traction? This is very difficult to say. Many people who do not like MMT discount it as the latest macroeconomic fad, but I think this is characterizing it um, in an improper way. In 1936, John Maynard Keynes published The General Theory of Employment, Interest, and Money 
which became one of the most influential books ever written. The theories laid out by Keynes in general theory dominated the economics profession in the second half of the 20th century in both academia and government. Interestingly, when general theory was released, Keynes felt compelled to urge his readers to have an open mind regarding his arguments, which he admitted were unorthodox. In the preface of the book, he states, quote, Those who are strongly wedded to what I shall call the classical theory will fluctuate, I expect, between a belief that I'm quite wrong and a belief that I'm saying nothing new. I myself held with conviction for many years the theories which I now attack, and I am not, I think, ignorant of their strong points. The difficulty lies not in the new ideas, but in escaping the old ones, end quote. Keynes himself was skeptical that his arguments would be accepted and anticipated stiff resistance. Nevertheless, within a decade, Keynesian theories dominated mainstream economics and continued to do so for nearly 40 years. When general theory was published in 1936, this outcome was probably unfathomable to nearly everyone, including Keynes himself. While I'm not necessarily predicting that modern monetary theory will become the new economic orthodoxy, it would not be wise to dismiss that possibility out of hand. Economic theory is not created or adopted in a vacuum. If there is sufficient political will to bring MMT into the mainstream, it could become a force to be reckoned with. Investors must at least consider the possibility that MMT will gain traction regardless of their personal opinions about its merit. Those are good points. If MMT was ever adopted as the new economic orthodoxy, what would that mean for investors? There are two main impacts I see for investors if MMT is ever adopted in one form or another. The first is that I expect MMT would prove inflationary. The proponents of MMT argue that inflation can be controlled within their framework but in practice, I think this will prove difficult. As it stands today, the bond market acts as a limited check on government spending. If the government runs large deficits, they will eventually have to pay interest on those deficits after they issue bonds to cover the budget shortfall. This provides at least some discipline with respect to spending, even if it is a limited discipline. Without a bond market, a natural impediment to money creation is removed which will probably accelerate the growth rate in the money supply in relation to both assets and consumer goods, eventually driving up prices in both. The second impact I see is the flow of capital out of government bonds and into other asset classes. Hundreds of billions of dollars and sometimes over a trillion dollars is invested into new government bonds auctioned by the treasury every year. If those auctions cease because there's no longer a government bond market, the capital that would have gone into treasuries will seek yield in other asset classes, like corporate bonds, stocks, and real estate. If MMT is ever implemented, we may see a run-up in these remaining asset classes by default, as billions or even trillions of dollars a year will have to seek yield outside of the treasury market. Thanks, Matt. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Multifamily Economics with Matt Rose. 
please leave us a review on iTunes, which will increase our visibility and help us grow. If you'd like to discuss multifamily investing with me personally, please go to the contact us page on our website, darbyrosecapital.com. Thank you.